this is Josh Hawks. This podcast is part of the Points of Interest Podcast Network. An Elegant Weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. What's up? This is Vic Ruggiero from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 81 of An Elegant Weapon. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross. Please excuse me while I light my spliff. Anton, all you do is smoke pot and watch TV all day. Uh, don't get me wrong, that's what life is all about, but don't you think you should have some ambition? Like a goal? Delicious. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, how's it going, Anthony? It is going well. Happy Halloween to you, sir. Thank you. Anthony Bachman's here of the Next Element podcast and colorist for Geek. How's Geek going? Uh, it's going good. I'm at about the one-third mark finally, and I'm finally starting to like pick up a little bit of speed. So I'm hoping that uh, over the next couple of months, Matt and Sean and them will be a little happier with me with just the amount of input that's be going to them. Well, dude, you've... Uh... You know, this is a special treat for everybody because I've somehow managed to pull you out of your coloring trance because you've pretty much gone dark since you've had to kick it into high gear. Sadly, yeah. I mean, we've cut down. We've only done the podcast like, what, three, four times in the past, you know, four or five months. And yeah, like the wife's mad at me. I mean, I, I go to work, <laughs> I come home, I color, I go to bed. It's the life that's, of that's, an artist, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all i do but yeah i mean i i love it i'm having a blast with the pages i'm doing i'm finally getting up to some of the pages like i was stoked to color when i first saw the black and whites right like there's there i'm working on a scene today where uh obi's trying to hit a dude in the head with a giant like fake thor hammer and it's just it's an awesome looking page and it's a full page spread so it's you know one just one giant panel of him just swinging this huge hammer it's a great looking page but it's like ooh, now i get to do that one 
Dude, it's been intense. Like, it's been a long time, too. And I didn't realize this would be such an endeavor. Like, how long have you been doing it now? When did you first start Coloring Geek? Well, I mean, the the actual Kickstarter ended, uh, what was it, September of last year. And then there was, like, a whole bunch of back and forth and trying to get color ideas set up. And then Axel finally did a page. And we decided we were going to try to get me to mimic that style blah 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 and then i started coloring it was going really slow had computer problems and all that i've really started doing it basically like seven days a week now since how uh, maybe four or five months ago good god <laughs> that's a yeah. labor of love dude you've probably you must you, you must have grown quite a bond with this comic book because you've been doing oh yeah it, so. i love it i love axel's artwork and i mean the story's great i'm sitting here because of course i got the script here so I can reference that for anything that Matt might have mentioned about actual specific colors on items. And then, you know, there's there's certain stuff like, you know, where we're not trying to copyright infringe. So, like, a lot, because a lot of the story takes place at San Diego Comic-Con. Right, right. And so, like, if a character walks by and, you know, he's got, you know, big bug eyes and a, a suit that's covered in webbing, I got to make sure he's purple, not red. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. You got to watch the subtleties for sure. Yeah. So some some of the stuff like that's really fun. Like there's about to be um there's an infinity gauntlet that's in the storyline. Right. So I'm gonna switch up the gem colors. <laughs> nice. That yeah. way yeah, we, we don't want Marvel suing us. <laughs> oh, definitely not. It's kind of fanboys versus zombies styles too. Cause uh, did you ever read that book? Yeah, I got the trade. I actually got it signed by the artist at Emerald City. I forgot to mention it when I was talking to you guys after after our trip to Emerald City. I met the artist and got him to sign the first trade. So, yeah, I have read the first one. That's fantastic. Did you see the, the cover, the special for the con that had uh, Drunk on Comics? They were on the cover. No, they had one where they were on the cover? Yeah, they got uh, friendly with that guy. And uh, I, think, I, I think it was the cover. They're either in the book. No, I'm pretty sure it's the cover. But they're in the book at least. If nice. I'm wrong about the cover, I apologize, but they are definitely at least in the book. And uh, what I'm thinking is they didn't expect to be on the cover, and then there's like <laughs> they are on the cover. Maybe that's it. But either way, uh, yeah, they have to be careful with the same thing, I think, you know, because they're always drawing things at the con there, you know. And you Yeah, because their whole book took place in San Diego. Inside yeah, the, the you don't want to get in trouble from the from – the, from the biggins, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, and I mean, honestly, on like the smaller projects, I mean, I don't really see much of that stuff happening, you know, especially like this is a, you know, a one-time book. But it's just, yeah, there, there's always that chance, you know, someone at legal somewhere is in a pissy mood. Yeah. So. <laughs> Generally, you know, they must not care, especially like look at cons, right? Every booth you go to is illegally like <laughs> imaged merchandise pretty much Yeah, a know? lot a lot of it still is and so i mean yeah i don't think it's as big of a deal but i mean yeah it can be a big deal so it's uh it's it's almost halloween indeed it is the best month of the year uh it's October. exciting for me it's the first year that my kids kind of really gets what it's about you know like realize what's going on instead of just someone's putting makeup on me and carrying me around door to door. Well, he's only did the first year he didn't do anything, and uh, this uh, the the wait this will be his wait he's not even three yet, so this must just be his second Halloween, right? So yeah, yeah. he's only had the most, one. Most infants don't get to hang out on Halloween, so you probably missed the first one. <laughs> yeah, and then last year he was just like uh, one of those kitty dinosaur costumes, you know what I mean? That's just like a one-piece onesie with like a tail and a mask and not even a mask, like a hood with ears and whatever, you know what I mean? 
Nice. Like something you'd put a one-year-old in, you know? It looks yeah, like it should easy. it should be their, like, winter, like, jumpsuit, but it's all fluffy and looks like a dinosaur, you know? Oh, dude, that reminds me. I freaked out last night. My friends came over here to pick up the wife to go out to a buddy's birthday party, and I'm sitting here coloring. And they came in, and the commercial on whatever I was watching on Hulu popped on, and it was the one with that family where they're all dressed up in Star Wars characters. Do you find that commercial extremely creepy? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's um, I mean, it's it's a black family. Dad's dressed up as Jabba the Hutt. Mom's dressed up as like a stormtrooper or something. Like one of the kids is an X-wing. The dog's dressed up as a uh, Darth Vader. And it's they're it's all about technology because they're talking about like the one kid's getting notifications on his watch phone, the new Galaxy Watch thing. And they're they're just they're trying to show the technology and how they're using it to go through the neighborhood to get tech. All of that's fine. The costumes are great, but they dressed up their infant daughter as slave Leia. Oh, and she's on like a baby carrier attached to the dad. Who's dressed up as job of the hut. She was in the, the, the metal bikini because she was job of the Hutt's sex slave. Okay. I find that commercial creepy as shit. He has his daughter dressed up as his sex slave. Okay. It's just wrong. Dude, I completely agree with you. And I completely agree with how it's 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 kind of creepy and distasteful, but I'm think it's also funny it's uh, it's funny as shit <laughs> it's, it's one of those things it's like well you think oh oh well you know only like a, a like a you know only geeks are gonna notice that fucking star wars is one of like the most known franchises in the world <laughs> just putting there the kid in the be... costume alone <laughs> oh no doubt there had to be one person on that set that goes anybody else find this creepy yeah <laughs> So other than that, it's like it's a great commercial. They're showing tech. You know, we're going to avoid this house. He's a dentist. He's giving out toothpaste. The dad's like adding, you know, some other house on their on their uh, map that they're going to all the houses because the kid says that the one house is giving out full size candy bars. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a great commercial. It's a great tech commercial. But it's just whoever picked the costumes. It's like, I mean, dress up the dog as Slave Leia. Make the little girl Darth Vader. Yeah. You know, something just as it, or even better, it would make sense. Dress the girl up as Salacious Crumb. <laughs> there you the go. That would have been cute and funny. Yeah. yeah, that, that would have been... been cute and funny. But yeah. yeah, why is the infant baby dressed up as the sex slave? <laughs> That's so creepy. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, just, oh, that commercial. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's pretty funny. Is and it I only it on again. Hulu? Um, I, no, because I, I know I've seen it on TV. I know NBC's played it. I'm not sure about any other station, but I mean, it's it's a Galaxy commercial or galaxy or samsung galaxy gear right so i mean it's showing off all the samsung stuff so i mean i can't believe it's not being played on every channel they can get it on but yeah just oh you're talking about dress up a kid that just made me think of that commercial because yeah the first two times i saw it i was like oh it's a cute commercial and the third time i really noticed the characters and i'm like oh that's fucking creepy dude that's almost the shit that should not be like yeah right how is there someone not on set being like um guys yeah who's the person on set that didn't think you know Maybe I should tell them. Eh. I mean, just somebody. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> yeah, the boy's gonna be a Man of Steel Superman. Oh, very so cool. Got one of those little Walmart costumes, but it's the uh, it's like muscles. You know, it's built in muscles. Yeah, the muscle suit. Yeah, uh, my buddy, my buddy uh, Wilson, his little boy, two years ago was Wolverine, so he had the big yellow muscle suit and the claws. 
that year was fun because I dressed up as Sabretooth and then his dad, Wilson's dad, Marvin, dressed up as Magneto. Nice. So we were both super killer, super villains trying to kill his kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I said to him because I was like, uh, I got a Joker costume, right? So I was like, you want Daddy to be the Joker with your, you know, Superman? I know it's close, right? And he's like, no, you got to be Batman. And I was like, buddy, I don't have a cape and cowl. He's like, well, you got to be Batman. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we'll see what we can do, but I don't know if he's I like, can. Well, dude, get on it. Yeah, he pretty much was. He's like, I don't understand. We just go went and got me a costume. Can't we just go and get you a costume? It's like Batman's not that easy because you don't just want to wear any Batman costume, kid. Like, true. You know, if I'm gonna, it's not that easy this year. It'll be a lot easier after the next Man of Steel movie. I'm so interested to see how they're gonna do it, man. It's uh. I really hope it's uh, me and Jay Webb are talking about this, and he made a good call that he'd like to see a gray suit, like kind of like a uh, dead Batman Dead End styles. Yeah, with the 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 just all dark grays and uh, blacks. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be really cool if they did that, but who knows? It'll be interesting to see how. I hope. I think it might. I think he's going to be short-eared. I think they're, they're going to go, go with, with a, a shorter ear. Yeah, I think they're going to go with a very Frank Miller approach. I think that's why Affleck agreed to do it because they promised him this they were going to do it a certain Frank Miller way. Which would kind of make sense. Yeah, it it'd be awesome to to find out. I mean, it's going to be awesome to find out eventually what all like the promises were made, what Affleck's going to be doing with DC if it's just this one movie. Well, I heard it's a you multi know, they, it is yeah. a multi-picture deal. Yeah, and I mean, all those information, all those details will eventually come out. And yeah, because I want to see, because I know a lot of people have talked about it. And I think even Kevin Smith has mentioned the idea of, you know, if Affleck's doing this Batman and Man of Steel, what's to say the contract doesn't say that he's not the director and the star of the next three Batman movies? Yeah, I heard him saying that. And, uh, and if that's what yeah. it is, you got to figure, okay, he's only the actor in this film, but he's going to have a lot of say-so when it comes to what the Batman looks like, what the Batman acts like. Yeah. It'll be a big team for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially you would think if he's yeah. directing the next ones, you're yeah, absolutely if, if right. If he's going to direct the next trilogy, then I mean, I have to figure he's there with Scott Snyder going over everything that they're going to do with Batman and say, okay, I want to do that. No, we shouldn't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't think it'll be a Batman trilogy, dude. I think it would be justice league. Just straight justice league. Yeah. I think they would give him either another movie, like maybe let him like, who knows what he's going to want to do, right? And, True. But I think it has to involve Justice League. As much as they are being wisely patient and not rushing in, into doing Justice League, they need to do Justice League, and they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, they got to so get it as soon as possible. They can't possibly, I don't think, wait another through another three Batman movies. And oh, I don't I'm not talking about waiting. I'm talking about doing them coinciding. That would be interesting. I think that's a I lot can... of movie, though. That's a lot of Batman. That's a lot of Batman, but dude, Wolverine is about to play Wolverine for the seventh time. Yeah, and I've been sick of him for the past four. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I love him. I've enjoyed all of them, so everybody can kiss my ass. I love me some Wolverine. Did you dude, see... Jackman is amazing. Did you see? He's good. Don't get me wrong. I don't dislike him as Wolverine. I'm just ready for something new. I just want to see a different approach to him. I'd like to see the surlier, more animalistic, you know, more rageified version you know, yeah. like I think there's room for more, just like there's room for lots of Batmans and lots of different outlooks and takes and variations on lots of heroes. There's plenty of room to have a couple, you know, people's different takes on Wolverine. Why not? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, well, yeah, with Marvel between, you know, Wolverine and Iron Man, those are the two that like everybody's afraid to switch. Yeah. 
because yeah, once it happens, it'll be fine. You know, the character needs to be moved on. Other actors will play the role. You know, they talked about like Marvel making Iron Man more like you know James Bond. You know, well, at least they're movies, starting to talk you know? about Iron Man. Yeah. yeah, like they're starting to prepare their fans for the inevitable. Yeah, and it's gonna happen no matter yeah. what. And same thing with uh, you know, with other stuff, and uh, people just gotta gotta live with it, but. As in, I'm excited to see Batman or Batman is uh, with Ben Affleck. Oh yeah, yeah me I, too. I, the way I figure it is like literally when Man of Steel two opens, like if the box office, if that first weekend, if it cracks a hundred million, DC will instantly greenlight a trilogy of Batman movies and the Justice League like trilogy. You think they'll go nuts, eh? Oh, I think they will. I think that's they're, they're literally waiting just for. Because, you know, I mean, even though people give shit to Superman Returns, it didn't do that bad in the box office. It did oh, hell pretty no. good money. Yeah. Well, Man of and, Steel you know, did well. Like, yeah, on. and Man of Steel did really well. And then, you know, there was a little, you know, feedback from some of the fans that weren't happy, though. All you bitched about, you know, in Superman Returns, they didn't punch anything. So in Man of Steel, you got Superman to punch everything. Yeah. So can't make everybody happy. It was know? a far superior movie to The Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. I'll tell you that much. A far superior movie. As badass as Bane was, he was the only badass thing about that whole fucking giant plot hole of a movie. I I am not a fan of The Dark Knight Rises at all. Really? He was so not Batman. He was so not... I just... Eight years off, fuck you. That's just... uh, No. Too many plot holes in that movie. Too many silly things to go on bane was amazing that was an incredibly wasted performance in my mind like that was an amazing performance and even Anne hathaway was okay but that's just a Catwoman kind of role but as far as the batman that was not batman in that movie that was some other kind of character to me it just didn't feel right at any point you know that's true that so. the eight years thing did bug me yeah that's straight um freaking uh Damn it, Hollywood Babylon. I want to say Frank as a joke, but no, Ralph Garman. Yeah. Like, eight years off? Fuck you, Nolan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What the fuck type of Batman takes eight years Wolf off? Ralph Garman is so right died? about everything. <laughs> well, I don't know about everything, but he's definitely right about uh, yeah. Batman yeah. and yeah. how fucking hot Emma Stone is. Yes, that is a that is a I'm, completely I'm agreed agreement. upon point. I'm in total agreement on all views that Ralph Garman has on Batman and Emma yeah. Stone. And she's got those two new makeup commercials that are on right now. Oh, it's mm. wonderful. It's great times. So hot. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think they're gonna go hardcore Miller. I think he's gonna be obviously forty year old Ben. He's gonna be forty years old. He's gonna be already been around. This is the first time we are getting a fucking Batman who's not either a fucking. Schumacher cartoon Batman or a brand new Batman or like a year one Batman. We're getting yeah. an old school Batman for the first time. Who's going to be, you know, way more Batman, way more the, the bat God. He's going up against Superman. They can't just have some fucking Batman. Like he's been like Christian Bale, Superman or sorry, Christian Bale, Batman wouldn't have a chance in fucking hell up against that man of steel. Yeah, no, he wouldn't There's, be prepared for him. Yeah, he wouldn't be prepared for it in any way. He's hardly prepared for half the shitty faces in Dark Knight Rises. That's, you know? that's, that's going to be one of the biggest questions is if they do. So, I mean, because that is the biggest speculation. Is it going to be like a Frank Miller? He's been in Gotham for the last 20 years. You know, everybody, you know, criminals are scared of him, blah, blah, blah. And then he meets Superman. Well, 
then I want to know how they're going to do some of that backstory to tell us exactly like what type of Batman this Batman is when he shows up in Man of Steel. I don't think they're going to bother with that. I think he's just going to they're going to demonstrate the Batman that he is right now. And they're going to demonstrate that through his Frank Miller type preparedness, his, uh, you know, his always ahead of the game type way. And I think that's the way they're going to fucking do it. They're going to bring in him right away, just able to handle Superman. Superman either the, – the biggest question is going to be why this occurs, right? It's not going to be – I don't think it's going to be straight out of the Dark Knight Returns because Zack Snyder made a point of saying this is not what we're doing. We are not yeah. doing that. This is just going to help us along our way. Yes, we want an older, grittier Batman. And we, yeah, and the first just, movie ends with Superman basically telling the U.S. military to fuck off. Yeah, pretty which, much. Which, I mean, Dark Knight, the whole fight between Batman and Superman is the fact that Superman works for the president. Yes. He's a good Boy Scout and does what he's fucking told. Exactly. That's not the Man of Steel that we got in that first movie. So here's my question. Who does Soup go to Bats or does Bats go to Soup and why does this happen? Is this going to be in Metropolis? Uh, you know what I mean? How much of Gotham will we really even see, if any? There might not be any Gotham. It might be Bruce Wayne on a business trip to Metropolis and something goes down that involves the both of them, right? Well, that's what I'm seeing because I mean, the easiest way to start that whole film off is you have two companies bidding to rebuild Metropolis. You have Wayne Enterprises and Luther Corp oh. in a bidding war to rebuild Metropolis. That's that brilliant. Gives you, that gives you everything you need right there. You introduce Bruce, you introduce Lex, you, know, you shove him in a, you know, a boardroom with like the mayor or whatever. Anthony, that's then, brilliant. Yeah, and then while he's there, Bruce in costume goes out to meet this guy to say, dude, what the fuck did you do to this city? Don't yeah. ever come to Gotham, I'll kill you. You know what would be cool? If there was a meeting and it was all these big wigs and like, you know, Luther Corps and everything, and then the CEO of Wayne Industries comes in, or Wayne Enterprises, but it's not Bruce Wayne, and you don't know who this guy is, and he comes in, he starts the meeting, and then someone addresses him as Mr. Grayson. <laughs> And then Nightwing uh, gets to show up in the Justice League. That would be fucking cool. You don't even need to show Nightwing or Robin or anything. Just if like it was like a more grown-up Dick Grayson and he was in the movie, would be dude, sick. If that happened, I'd probably have to clean my pants at the mm. theater. That'd be ridiculous. But you're right. That's a brilliant <laughs> idea, man. That would even be playing on the fun of whatever problems they did have with the movie The Fans, that they're going <laughs> to rebuild Metropolis. Well, yeah, cause I, I, and honestly, I mean, that's some of the biggest backlashes that, you know, because people talked about Superman didn't save anybody. He destroyed all fucking millions of dollars worth of property damage and killed people. It's because, well, he's not the Superman that we know. He's the guy who's been doing the job for a week, so fucking yeah. give him a break. They don't yeah, explain much about New York, have they? Yeah, not really. And no. I mean, and, but I mean, when it comes down to it, you have a city that was almost completely destroyed, and two giant corporations that could bid to rebuild it, and that's a very simple in. That's a cool idea, man. Plus, yeah, I mean, God, if you could start the movie off with Luther sitting across from Wayne at a board yeah. meeting, oh, yeah. so they're having a bidding war. <laughs> Which company's going to take over? And like, and then you got Bruce who knows who Luther is, yeah. and knows what type of person he is, even if he hasn't like really pulled shit yet, like on a global scale trying to kill Superman. But Bruce knows what type of person Lex is, and Lex thinks he knows what type of person Bruce is, but really has no fucking clue. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, 
I see that you have like the corporations come yeah. in and they take over, they start cleaning up the town, and then you know Superman shows up, and maybe tries to help out a little bit, yeah. and then when he's there, all of a sudden you know a little black cape out of the shadows comes walking up, like don't fucking touch anything, you prick. I see Superman <laughs> interfering with something that Batman does at some point. Like oh, Batman's yeah. as Batman, not Bruce Wayne, as Batman, he's out in Metropolis doing something one night, tracking somebody or something he's come to Metropolis for. And Superman, for some reason, interferes, and that starts some shit. That could be one way that they go with it for sure. I can see it happen, and it, 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 as long as I mean, as long as they get the strip down well, it makes the whole setup is going to make perfect sense because Bruce and Lex are both going to be adverse to Superman for the same fucking reasons. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's going to be really cool because they're going to have to show how one of them turns that into a way where he, you know joins with soups and they become and you know and they work together learns as to heroes. trust them yeah yeah and learns to trust them whereas the other person with the exact same viewpoint of this fucking alien killing people and destroying our cities and putting us in danger that person's going to be completely anti-superman and do everything to try to kick him the fuck off the planet dude the more i think about the fact that this superman is going to have to be a superman who is in no way like does not hesitate to take on superman not really, not just willing to, but doesn't hesitate. Like, is already in his mind, yes, I can beat Superman. If they actually give us that Batman, which we've never, ever, ever seen before, it's going to be absolutely something never done in comic book movies before. That then I'm really stoked to see the costume because I want to know how they're going to make the cow work. Oh, foregone conclusion. The only question is the ears. Like, no, the... see, because they can't go back to the rubber neck. No. You can't have the the old Batman, but you can't copy the Dark Knight Nolan stuff. So they need to come up with something else. I think it'll be something in between. Yeah, I just I want I'm stoked to see that because I I can't go back to a Batman that's too dumb to be able to turn his head. Um, you know because uh, the world's greatest fighter has to be able to turn his head. That's yeah. just the way it is. Let's look at uh, the Night Owl. We were supposed to make the world a better place. Dan, that's exactly what I am doing. He was kind of had a, you know, he had kind of an in-between kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, he was able to turn, yet it didn't look like a helmet like Dark Knight. So, I, I see them finding something in-between. Like, just maybe a thinner material or something. But, you know, I think the cape is going to be the thing that Snyder just, the whole movie for me, the most thing thing I'm excited about is the fucking cape. What Snyder's going to do with that cape? Oh, <laughs> dude, it makes me shudder. It gives me like goosebumps. Like, well, yeah, it makes me wonder if he's actually going to have a cape or not. Oh, he'll have. Oh, he'll I, have. No, I mean, I mean a real cape because Superman didn't have a cape. Well, part and part. It part was all part. CGI. There was like one or two scenes that he had a cape, I think. But yeah, 99 percent of Man of Steel, he didn't have a cape on. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to get like, yeah, like Todd McFarlane drew it? freaking batman cape everywhere cape well not CGI. it won't be that crazy but it will be pretty fucking nutty cool i'm thinking like batman spawn there are no backgrounds it's all <laughs> cape well it'll be very like night owl again like i'm saying you know what i mean like i mean yeah that is, that is a good suit to work off of if they yeah. try to not mimic anything from the other batman films because is what i think they need to do they need to make it something completely its own completely. where it doesn't look anything like you know any of the joel schumacher crap it doesn't look like any of the burton you know big black rubber suit but it also can't look like you know just the military grade battle armor 
that you know was uh, Chris Nolan's Batman. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, see, I didn't like the look of the last two Batman. Like, uh, I liked it for the simple fact that it makes sense. Yeah, in it com- does make sense in a completely realistic world. Which is, I mean, really, what Nolan was trying to do was say, this is what would happen if a millionaire had unlimited funds, access to fun toys, and wanted to go fight crime. Yeah. This is the type of stuff he'd be wearing because he, yeah, he wouldn't make a Superman suit. Or he wouldn't make, you know, like a, a Punisher outfit. He'd make something that would protect him from head to toe and then customize it a little bit. I think what they'll be able to go with in the new one is that he's had time to work it over. It's evolved. Yeah. You know, well, especially yeah, if you're going with the older Batman that's in his you know late 40s or early 50s or whatever, kind of the Dark Miller timeline. You should have a Batman that's had 20 years worth of tweaking his suits, tweaking his toys. Yeah. That fucking that bat belt. His utility belt should be the fucking star of the show. <laughs> yeah. Because it should absolutely. have kryptonite in it. Because he's yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's totally true. I don't know. Either way, it's going to be fucking. It's going to be cool to see, man. So I'm very, very excited. I think they're going to pull it off brilliantly. I'm, I'm like, not that I'm over Marvel, but I'm kind of over Marvel. Like, I wasn't a fan of Iron Man 3 at all. I'm not that excited about oh, Thor two. Cap Cap America Captain America I'm excited about. That trailer looks awesome, man. Captain America fuck yeah, part two. Yeah. That one looks really cool. <laughs> yeah. That looks like a fucking that looks like an awesome flick. But I'm surprised they haven't uh gotten into a Hulk movie yet again. Like Well as they said on his on Ruffalo's contract, there was nothing on the contract for a separate Hulk film. It was only appearances. Yeah, and so, so I I think they're trying to get people to kind of distance from the Hulk and the Incredible Hulk and just have him be a character in the you know the three Avengers films and then maybe after Avengers three then we might get a Hulk franchise. Yeah, because there's the whole Phase three thing to start, right? Yeah, because I mean, and yeah, there's still plenty of movies coming from Marvel. I heard Ant Man isn't even going to be a part of Phase three. No, I think he technically isn't he the I think he's the end of Phase two. That, I thought he was going to be earlier, but then I heard he's not even going to be part of Phase because he's not even going to be in Avengers two, eh? No, I don't think so. Yeah, which is because yeah, Avengers two, they're going to have it to where I mean, the way I'm understanding, because I don't believe Ant Man is going to be Hank Pym. I think Ant Man is going to be the Sean O'Grady irredeemable Ant Man that Robert Kirkman wrote, the oh. guy that stole the suit and was an asshole and caused his buddy to die. He was basically a Shield agent that was a prick. Okay. And ends up getting an Ant Man suit, but yeah, because uh, they're from. Everything that I'm reading and all the rumors and stuff, Ultron is going to be created by Tony Stark. So it's more than likely going to be like an AI suit that he tries to put Jarvis in, you know, so he's not always having to be Iron Man. And he just keeps increasing the AI to make it more and more intelligent. And then it becomes, you know, alive. Yeah, it and that's where Ultron. Ultron. Yeah, that's where Ultron comes from. And so we're not going to get a Hank Pym that creates Ultron. So if you don't have Hank Pym to create Ultron, you don't really need Hank Pym to create Ant-Man. It can just be a suit that Shield has locked away somewhere. So it wouldn't be Hank Pym and the Edgar Wright one then either. No, it doesn't need to be. There's been three different people that have been Ant Man for very long times. Well, because it was Hank Pym, then there was Scott Lang, and then um, now uh, I think it's Sean O'Grady was the irredeemable Ant Man. Weird. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Hank Pym. It seems a little wrong that. You know, one of the founding members of the Avengers isn't going to be in the Avengers films. Yeah. You know, when they do everything, which, you know, that kind of sucks. You know, Hank Pym's kind of been there forever. But, I mean, if you don't need him for the one, you don't really need him for the other. Yeah, it's very true, man. It's very true. 
I heard uh, Punisher and Daredevil are both back in Marvel, eh? Marvel got oh, the yes. Punisher. Yeah, Daredevil ran out. I didn't hear about the Punisher. Yeah, they got Punisher back, too. So, Works for me. I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, it's Eric O'Grady. Sorry, Eric O'Grady. Okay. How many times have you ever been a superheroes for Halloween growing up when you were a kid? I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've ever done superhero. I mean, I was Sabretooth that one year, but that's, I mean, that's a villain. Really? Even when you were a kid? No. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, when I was, ooh, let me see. What year was that? Five or six. So like 1983 or 1984 when the Hulk TV show was huge. I went as the Hulk one year. Nice. So did it old school. Like my mom bought me a pair of purple corduroys. And like hacked him up at the mid calf, and then covered you know my my uh, feet and bottom of my legs and my <laughs> arms and my face in green paint, and then I wore my Incredible Hulk T-shirt, and I think she put black dye in my hair. That's awesome, dude. When I was yeah, three, I was I... always like I was always like a vampire stuff like that for most. Yeah, years. I did the vampire, but there was a couple years I was uh, separate years I was Batman, Superman, and Robin, and my mom made me my costumes. And, uh, yeah, she made them badass too, especially for like little kid costumes, like out of felt and she'd make the logos out of felt sewn onto the shirts. And she put like weeks into these amazing, like she was amazing for Halloween. My mom was a shit. And that was back in the eighties when you'd go out with a pillowcase and have to like dump it off once. Oh yeah. You know, like kids are yeah, fucking trick or treating sissies. Used to be, yeah. yeah it's Mad not... candy, like eight hours worth of work. <laughs> you didn't go home till they drug you home. Yeah, man. Like it was, it was, and it seemed a lot. Were we, were we just kids, or was it not warmer back then? Uh, not in Idaho. Idaho, it's always freezing in Halloween. That was just one of the things you dealt with was you try to make a costume that had a little warmth to it. I just must remember being a kid and not camping. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and I think yeah, a lot of the running around and the candy probably made you not care as much for sure. But I I know growing up here. It was always fucking cold for Halloween. I didn't give a damn, yeah, because we were going to get some candy. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. My my main Halloween's like, because I moved to Mississauga where I live now when I was nine, but before that I was in this little border town near Niagara Falls called St. Catharines. That's where the whole uh, Bernardo thing went down. Mm. And uh, yeah, I grew up there, and it's total little tiny little border town. Like the town's going to die soon because like everybody's just 80 years old who lives in that town, you know. One of those places. So it was great to grow up as a kid. Very small 80s type town. And uh, yeah, Halloween was just insane. You would go forever. It would take you hours just to sort through your candy at the end of the night, you know? Those were the good old days. Oh, yeah. I, I loved Trick or Treat when I was a kid. Yeah, because I mean, we'd go out for freaking hours. Mm-hmm. It was excellent times. And the the specials, too. Like, we're, you know, we always looked forward to these specials that felt like 80s specials, but a lot of them were, like, even older than we realized, like the, like the Great Pumpkin and stuff, you know? Each year, the Great Pumpkin rises out of the pumpkin patch that he thinks is the most sincere. He's got to pick this one. He's got to. Oh, yeah. Just replayed old specials. Be like, Garfield had a Halloween special. His was Tina. the scariest one. Our for some reason good. for me the creepy. pirate one where they go across on the ship to the yeah i don't know why but for some reason when i was really young that one really got to me i was like that's kind of creepy shit i don't know why <laughs> oh no thank you i must save room for all that candy <laughs> candy 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 
it was a good one. Because wasn't it like an one. old person living in the house when they were done at the end? In the, I think so, yeah. It was just an elderly gentleman, it if, was, I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but it was something, I don't remember why, but it creeped me the fuck out. And then he ended up giving <laughs> Odie his candy for whatever, so. <laughs> I'm trying to think, yeah, besides Peanuts and Garfield, I'm trying to think of who else had really good Halloween specials when I was growing up. Oh, there were more. There was, uh, oh. I mean, back in the day, basically everybody had them, but I just, I'm not picturing any because those were the ones that, those, those were my two favorites. Well, a lot more of it was Halloween episodes of stuff, like sitcoms, yeah. you know what I mean? Would have Halloween episodes, like they would have their Christmas episodes, you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the specials. Do you remember Mr. Boogity? Uh-uh. It was a uh, wonderful world of Disney, you know, on Sunday nights. The just the typical, and they make like made-for-TV movies back in the '80s and stuff. And they made one called Mister Boogity, and it was about this family that moved to this small town, and uh, the people, and then they moved into a house that had an old scary ghost named Mister Boogity. <laughs> and there was a sequel made to this too, but it was a really popular like kids' family Halloween special that was made. Way back when, Mr. Boogity, and then it was on every year. If, Weird, I bet yeah, you if never you even heard of it. I bet you if you looked it up, there'd be someone in it you know. I just can't remember the cast, but it's just like a family, and they're they're funny because they're like they're a family of like they own a company that's like prank gifts and novelty items or something. <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah, Mr. Boogity, that's fucking wicked. I'm gonna find a link to that and I'm gonna tweet that shit out. <laughs> oh yeah, if these names that are popping up are correct, yeah, it says uh, Richard Mauser, David Faustino, Christy Swanson, Mimi Kennedy. That's weird. It says Benji Gregory, but it has a picture of freaking Kevin Costner. So let me actually check IMDb. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, well, and actually now that I'm noticing it, the picture for uh, it said Christy Swanson, but it showed a picture of uh, I want to say Buffy. Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Uh, so it yeah. had the wrong person. Wrong yeah, Disney Tristers. Richard Mauser, Mimi Kennedy, David Faustino. Yeah, it had the kid from Frickin' Married with Children. That's funny, man. I don't and remember Christy Swanson. He was the kid in it, I guess. Let's see. A novelty salesman moves his family into a new house, initially dismissing incidents as more of their father's practical jokes. The family soon learns that the house is haunted by people who lived in the house 300 years previously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boogity, boogity. When he'd show up, he'd go, boogity, boogity. <laughs> he actually said boogity. That is awesome. Boogity, boogity. That's why they called him, because he'd show up and he'd go, boogity, boogity. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, 1986. <laughs> oh, that's wicked. Howard Didn't they also Lynn. have... Would you count those... Uh, uh, the Scooby-Doo, like Scooby-Doo like meets the werewolf and vampires and Dracula. Would that just count as Scooby-Doo episodes or were those like Halloween specials? I don't know if any of them were ever set aside like where they specifically showed them on holidays. Because, I mean, basically, shit, every episode of Scooby-Doo could be a Halloween special. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. They basically always had a ghost or something in it. But yeah, I don't know if, I mean, they might have, some of those might have actually been like holiday specials and then they just became part of the regular series. But I don't know if there was any one that was just specifically for like Halloween. Yeah, I guess it's more at the time of year when you're seeing scary movies on TV and stuff, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, my my (laughs) wife's mad right now because we're broke and don't have cable, which means she doesn't get sci-fi and AMC during October. 
Because, man, Sci-Fi and AMC, those are the two channels to have during October because they show every damn cheap, old, scary film ever. Yeah. Me, me, I just dig out my DVDs. (laughs) Well, there you go. I'm sure you got some classics in there somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. The original, I'll watch the first two Halloween sometime this month. I'll watch the the two Rob Zombie Halloween sometime this month because I love those just as well. Nice. Rob Zombie's not John Carpenter, but you know what? He's pretty fucking good. No, he does all right, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to get some of the Freddy movies kicking because that's what I used to love. Oh, dude. Yeah, uh, no, knowing that the wife's not going to listen to this episode and that she's at work right now so she can't hear me say it, <laughs> I got a package coming in the mail from Amazon because they put the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street Blu-ray box set on sale for $25. What? One day sale, seven movies on five discs. That's going pretty fucking good, man. Jesus, that's a fucking great deal. AMC's doing well, too. The AMC channel, they're doing their Fright Fest or whatever they call. And they've been showing uh, mad fucking... There you go. Uh, We lost you there for a second. Yeah, that was weird. What was the last thing you heard? I'm still recording. Uh, Myself talking. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about AMC and their Fright Fear Fest. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's been pretty good because they've been showing constant horror movies on that. But nice. it's kind of creepy because I have an old, like, TV, like an old, like, crappy Prima, like, box TV, tube TV in my basement, right? Ooh. And for some reason, like, yes, all the channel's fine. It does its job, right? This is just my, like, <clears throat> you know, man cave down here. Yeah. And it, uh, but AMC, for some reason, comes in black and white. And it's the one channel that comes in black and white. So no matter what's playing on that channel, it's been creepy because they've been showing all these horror movies and every one of them has been black and white. So it's almost like what they did with The Walking Dead. And Dude, I was like, that's funny and kind of perfect. Yeah, I was like, are they doing this on purpose? And then I checked my other two TVs and they're fine. So I, for some reason on this TV, that channel, yeah, it's really fucking weird, man. <laughs> I've never heard of a, do- of a TV doing that. There's yeah. One channel is black and white. Yeah, and it's not fuzzy or anything like that. It's just fucking like gray tones, and it's so fucking weird. Just no color signal. That's crazy. Yeah. It's the so, perfect channel for it to happen to, though. It is. It's uh, it's worked out well. It's It makes stuff definitely creepier, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm watching even like the 80s stuff, and it makes it look all weird and, you know, 50s creepy. And, yeah, it's good. You've been keeping up on The Walking Dead? You seen the new two episodes? I saw the first one because they put it on AMC's website. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't seen anything past Oh, that's right. You're cableless at the moment. Yeah, I have no cable. I have no cell phone. I'm living the life of a poor man. It's all right. <laughs> It'll be all worth it in the end, man. It will indeed. Just and keep yeah, trudging through. I just wait for stuff to show up on Netflix, which I actually I kind of did a loud uh, squeal this morning because I you know, got up and started coloring and then I was listened to a podcast and got done. I was like, man, I need to watch some a show or a movie or something. So I popped on my Netflix and I was like, oh shit, Sons of Anarchy season five. Nice. <laughs> so I have a whole season of Sons of Anarchy, which I will probably have finished by tomorrow night. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's the only problem. I binge watch the hell out of those. <laughs> it's hard when you got something that you can't stop watching and then you're just like, I got to put the next one on right away. Oh yeah. yeah. I've thought about getting rid of cable because there's so much to watch on TV. Like even like every, like even the channels on TV all have their shows on their websites. You can want just watch, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Cause that used to be a problem where only some, some stations did it and some other ones didn't, but literally I'm 
up to date on Arrow, Blacklist, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Sleepy Hollow, and Dads. And I have not watched any of those on TV. See, I'm, I'm not even up to date on day. all that shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching them the next day on the website. So I'll go to Fox and I'll watch Dads and then I'll watch Sleepy Hollow. Then I go to the CW and watch Arrow and the Tomorrow People. Go to ABC and watch freaking uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. How is that yeah, Tomorrow I haven't watched people? any TV. Uh, it's not bad. It's <laughs> kind of like pretty people redoing a version of uh, Heroes. It's definitely not great. Um, every character has the same three powers. Oh, really? So, yeah. They did it to where, uh, like, it's the next generation of, like, human evolution, like mutants. So humanity is mutated, and the new versions of humans that they call the Tomorrow People all have telepathy, telekinesis, and teleportation. Everybody can teleport? <laughs> yeah, everybody can teleport. Everybody's a telekinetic, and everybody's a telepath. Are so, those yeah, the three powers that were split up for uh, Push? Uh, the Chris Evans so. movie, remember that, with Dakota Fanning? I think so. Yeah, I only saw it once, but I remember it was really good. I oh no, that. one of them could tell the future. There were people. Yeah, oh yeah, and then there the were the screechers Boyan. too. Yeah, yeah, that but was yeah, a it's fun. A, one of people's. It's not bad, but yeah, it's really it's one of those things where there's like you know, like the janitor in the background of a scene looks like a fucking model. Like there's no ugly people on it, which is a, you know, a very CW thing. There's just there's no ugly people on that station. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking. But I mean, yeah, the show's the point not where, bad. Like, it's fairly yeah. entertaining. Yeah, those CW shows. Actually, I admit it. I watched the season premiere of Arrow, and it was pretty good. And I haven't watched all last season, so I got to catch up on that one show. But uh, oh yeah, Arrow's worth it too. They just put all of uh, Arrow season one is on Netflix. Oh yeah. On the CW website, they have uh, a forty-five minute episode that's a retelling of season one, and it's uh, Stephen Amell, the guy that plays Green Arrow. Right. Like doing a voiceover as they do cut scenes from the whole year. Maybe I'll just watch that. That sounds yeah, like you can watch that. Bit. I watched it again just to see if there was anything that I might have forgotten from last year. And yeah. just watching that was enough to basically remind me of everything that happened last season. Very nice. Very nice. You got to see the second season. Uh, the second you can, you got to see the second Walking Dead, though. Because that first one was good, but you know how it was like, it was good, not super revealing or anything. Well, yeah, it was more just let's get yeah. caught up to where everybody is, what's all happening. And Holy the poor, shit! The and shit. Then the poor yeah. Flash dies. Oh yes! <laughs> oh oh my god! It's well. Where do you see the next episode? Brilliantly done! Fucking amazing shit, man. Okay, there's uh, there's some things I wanted to do this week that I haven't done in a while. Um, some shoutouts and stuff. All right. And uh, that had been a regular habit for a while, but there's been a lot of very specific type shows. La, the episode, last episode, uh, episode 80, it was really cool because Geek Girl Nerd Boy, are you forget? Or sorry, Geek Girl Nerd Boys, are you familiar with this podcast? No. It's a Fanboys Inc. family podcast, and it's this guy Tom and this girl Aaron. And uh, they just, you know, weekly geek podcast, great conversationalists. It's a fun listen. I was a guest on it with this guy, Josh, from another show. Nice. And uh, yeah, so they're in Maryland. He was originally from L.A. And I get a Twitter uh, direct message from him one day. And he's like, I'm coming to Toronto to visit my aunts. Uh, what are you doing? And I was like, fucking nothing podcasting with you. So fucking, you know, him and his wife came up and we arranged to meet and I took him on a little tour of the city and uh, showed him some sites and we went to like Silver Snail and did a bunch of Toronto stuff and went to Wayne Gretzky's and had beers and and we podcasted uh, throughout the adventure. So that's the last episode. And 
yeah, that was tons of fun, man. So it was my first in-person international podcast. That's cool. Yeah. yeah sadly, I've, I've fallen behind. I think I'm three episodes behind on your show, but it's only because I'm trying to make it through the backlog of all things good and nerdy. And right. I'm up to like episode 27. And that show used to be like three hours long. Right. So it's taken me a long damn time to get through all those old episodes. Hey, you've been working on it for a while, man. I remember when you started doing that and you're working your way backwards. Because they're at the same t- – they're at like episode 80, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're yeah. getting up there too. Yeah, and they, they thought it was funny because I brought it up on the live show I think last weekend. Yeah. And I put in the chat box because they're peanut gallery on the live show because you can chat with them. And I told them that uh, Batfleck was at a Hayes fault. <laughs> as I was listening back to the old episodes, because like they joked about like uh, Pain and Gain is their fault, because they talked about a movie with The Rock and Wal- Mark Wahlberg, and then it happened. Going back to August of 2012, they were joking about doing a Justice League movie, and Adahe says, yeah, they'll probably get fucking Ben Affleck to play Batman. <laughs> he said that shit over a year ago. Wow. Adahe's I was like, dude, it's totally called. your fault. <laughs> Adahe totally called it. That's crazy. Um, there's their first shout out. You people can check out all things good and nerdy. They are actually live, uh, on YouTube Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock Eastern. Yep, and, now. uh, they're on the Gunna Geek Network. You can check those guys out. Uh, often Anthony is either there in the peanut gallery or such. I haven't been able to watch recently because, uh, Sunday mornings, my kid time. Yeah. I'm devoted to fatherhood during those hours. So it's very difficult. I've tried to listen and watch at times when I've got him and he's just fucking, Oh, he's, he's not a, sitting down and watching geeks talk about geeky stuff for an hour and a half and not moving. No. Yeah. He doesn't quite understand it yet. <laughs> he wants to go outside and play in the fucking sandbox. That's what he wants to do. So, you know, um, there was a recent anniversary for monkey squad one, which is a wonderful web comic by, uh, our good friend, Doug. Um, you should, squad is very good. Yes, you should all go onto Twitter and you should look up at Monkey Squad One and you should go read Doug's material and you should enjoy it greatly. Um, that it means fun comics. You are two episodes or three episodes behind, which means you have you heard the Tart episode yet? Oh, I know. I heard the Tart episode, so maybe I'm only two episodes. You're behind. only two behind then, I think. So uh, yet yeah, Tart is also a wonderful comic book. So uh, you know, check out uh, Tart. Look that shit up. It's out there. What else has been going on with people and things? Um, of course, the Points of Interest Podcast Network. We mentioned this before, but we also, of course, have a new member to the family. We're finally covering... Uh, we're getting our RPG on. We're getting our games and our tabletops covered. Nice. Uh, that was one area that uh, we didn't really have covered, really. You know, Not many of us were much of gamers. And uh, these guys are on a constant quest. So, And they also appeared on uh, Hybrid Interests. Nice. Uh, Josh had those guys on to kind of get to know them and introduce them. And that wasn't why, actually. That happened before we thought about it. But he met them, and they're like, yeah, they're fucking rad. Let's do that. And I was like, yeah, fucking right, do that. That's cool. Yeah, man. We're growing every day. And you had a great interview with uh, Plug Poi That Girl. keeps growing. <laughs> Plug that girl. Oh. That was a great episode of the next. Was it? Thank you. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jules Rivera came on. Um, it's funny because I'd actually started following her on Twitter and stuff because of uh, she did an episode of the PKD Media Black Box with Sean Pryor. Right. Right. And so he had talked about uh, her comic, her online web comic, Valkyrie Squadron. But you know, people complain about there not being you know enough women creators in comics or enough stories in comics about female characters. 
And Jules Rivera is a woman of color who does a badass webcomic that was about four chicks in like a sci-fi environment. So it was a great thing. It sounds cool, man. So she was doing that, started following her there. She actually works with Axel Ortiz, my artist on Geek. At, uh, they work together in an animation company, and she was doing a Kickstarter, which I can't point anybody at it because it actually ended last night, 14 hours ago. Miss Fortune High, book one, fully funded at $3,912 out of the 3000 that she wanted. Woo! Yeah, so, yeah. Miss Fortune High got funded. Jules will be uh, finishing up whatever she's got to do to get the book ready to go to print, and then... I should be getting some really fun stuff. And then, yeah, she hit two of her stretch goals. So everybody, I think, at the $20 and up tier is going to get uh, – the cover is going to get the UV shiny stuff. And then she added a sticker sheet, and there will be shiny silver foil stamped cover. That was the 3750 Ooh. level. So. Snazzy. <laughs> yep. Didn't you know get what about that episode level, was? But... I, the, the thing about that episode was I really thoroughly enjoyed that episode, and I disagreed with about half of the things said. Well, I guess that's a good thing then, yeah, if you disagreed with everything I was saying but still liked the episode. No, not necessarily you. It was just oh. it, not so much that I was disagreeing with everything said. Is It was one of those ones where I was the fourth party and, you know, the fourth party wishing they were on the podcast. Like ah. I was doing as much talking and giving my opinion to the podcast <laughs> while listening to it as, as you guys were doing it. <laughs> yeah, you find yourself talking back to the, a podcast. Yeah, just, but no, she was no, really cool this, and this, uh, this. nothing negative about it, though. I mean, she was really cool and uh, really cool that, you know, conversation. You guys, she was a really awesome guest. So I want to check her shit out. I'm sure it's awesome. Yeah, she's got a ton of content online. Yeah, there's a uh, Miss Fortune I has a Tumblr. And then if you just type in Valkyrie Squadron, Google that shit, it's easy to find. There's like three books worth online, I think. Nice. Real fun book, really crazy artwork. She did some insane coloring when she did uh, Valkyrie Squadron. And then the real fun thing is that Miss Fortune High is a different art style and a different coloring style. So the books don't even look the same. And it's all her. That's cool, man. That's uh, that's neat when you can... Well, that's what it's about, being an artist. Trying different things if you want to, right? For sure. Oh, yeah. She, and yeah, she's good yeah. at it. I can't wait to. I can't wait for this book to show up. I just want it now. Yeah, so, yeah. Where's my misfortune high? Uh, speaking of uh, crowdfunding, um, the Indiegogo for the first hero completed. Oh, uh, they, yeah, indeed. They didn't reach their goal, but it was one of those, uh, like, we're taking what we get up front type things. Yeah, because Indiegogo, they can do, you can either do it like Kickstarter where it has to meet the goal, or you can do the version where whatever people pledge goes to the creators and they make what they can with the money that yeah. they got. Because the book's done. The book's in print. It's not out there yet. It just premiered at New York Comic Con. And uh, Mr. Rutt Gazer, our good friend, was very, very excited to have it in his hands. And it's turned out excellent. I can't wait to read it. And uh, I'm sure it's amazing. And everybody who's read it is loving it. So. That's awesome. And they got about halfway there. They did raise about, uh, he raised three plus grand, which I'm sure is going to go a long way to helping, you know, pay for all the things it costs to get that first issue off the ground. You know what I mean? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah so I did, I backed the, because the, my problem with anything that's going to go through Action Lab, I have trouble backing like the Kickstarters and stuff because I'm going to get the books anyways. Because on my poll list at my LCS, underneath the title, because they divide it up by publishers, under Action Lab, it just says all. <laughs> yeah. So everything that Action Lab does, I'm going to get. So yeah, yeah for for, uh, for Anthony's thing, I just did the digital copies. 
was like, well, that's cool. I'll get the digital as a first hero before it even comes out in the comic book store, probably. Nice. Yeah, yeah. He got, he had a copy. I, he texted me when he was in uh, New York Comic Con, and he's like, Jay, I'm holding a printed copy in my hand. Oh, and that's gotta like, be like the coolest feeling in the world. It was world. like the special Finally moment. Finally, his own book. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. Congratulations, all you people out there making your books and doing your thing. Um, you know, we love you. Keep doing it for sure. Just Indeed, some yeah. fantastic Good, on, good stuff. on you, Rutgazer. And uh, yeah, I don't know anybody else. Anything else going on coming up? You can think of. Um, not sure. I mean, there's a couple of other good Kickstarters going on. I know. Um, Doug Tenaple is doing his uh, volume two for his sketchbook. I don't know if you got the first one. Uh, no. Oh wait, can you guys can you guys order regular Kickstarters in America? You can you can back them, right? We can Canada? back them. Yeah, we can yeah, back them. Yeah. We, we 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 couldn't do anything that was in Canada, and then now that's fixed too. Yeah, oh, actually, really? I backed okay. my first. Yeah, I backed my first Canadian one. What one was it? Now I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Masters of Anatomy. Oh, Have sweet. you not heard about that? I did hear about that. I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was the first Canadian Kickstarter, but it's damn close. But yeah, they're in Toronto, and they hit their funding goal in less than God, it was like eight hours. Really? <laughs> they requested twenty thousand dollars. Wow. Twenty thousand Canadian. As a and that was I mean day one they had. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, because day one they were at over. What was it? Sixty thousand. They were 300% funded in eight hours. How the fuck? Okay, who's doing this? Well, the book is 100 artists do six classical poses of uh, three men, three um, three male poses on the left page, three female poses on the right page. And when you look at the Kickstarter, you see the list of artists that they have, and that's why people went nuts. Okay, is it comic artists and stuff? It's or? comic artists. It's um, black and white uh, portraiture artists. It's uh, online digital artists. It's, you know, tag artists. It's computer, you know, That's an amazing artists. idea. I can yeah, see just, why that would take mix. off. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean, it's people that do, you know, uh, concept artwork for animation, for car- for regular cartoons, for, you know, CGI cartoons, just yeah. all sorts of stuff. And, yeah, just the names on there are ridiculous. They just added, because, um, yeah, I think they just added them. Humberto Ramos is going to be in it. Francisco Herrera is in it. Um because, yeah, the, nice. the list of names is ridiculous. Corey Smith's in it, the guy that just did, um, oh, was a book for uh, Shadow, of the Nin- Shadow of the Ninja Clan? I think is it, it all Canadian called. artists? No. I, I okay. mean, from what I can tell, it's artists from all around the world, like Dan Pinochian, you know, an old oh, image okay. artist. I mean, it's there's the the list of names is ridiculous. If you check it's a very the Canadian thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's something that it's gone nuts. Yeah. And right now, they like, they still have 24 days to go. There's 3,027 backers, and so far they've got 219,687 Canadian dollars. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the book, when you're pledging, the book's not cheap. I mean, it's it's pricey The to get the soft cover here in the U.S., which, you know, for once, for you guys, it's cheaper. The cheapest version of the book is if you get it in Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, it makes sense. It's only 60 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's only 60 bucks. For us, it's 65. That's not yeah, insane, though, for a book like that. No, like, and, at and all. The book has grown already. They've already added, I think, four artists since day one. So I nice. mean, it's that's over quite hundred reasonable. artists. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a huge book for what you're getting for the price. So, yeah, I'm paying sixty five Canadian, but I'm not mad and about it. And you know, there's going to be some cool fucking shit in there too. That's oh, definitely be yeah. Really, it's going to have some cool stuff. But yeah, uh, Doug Tenaple, 
he did uh, a sketchbook. So it was last year, I think. Um, for people that don't know the name, he's the guy that created Earthworm Jim. Okay. He did uh, the Cat Scratch cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got a, a new, uh, what is it, Armacrog, the new video game he's got coming out. That was also another Kickstarter where they kickstarted the video game for the company that did that. He's done a ton of stuff, uh, Claim In, just you know, lots of cool stuff. But yeah, he did a, a sketchbook one last year where he went through and like this is one of those guys that always has a sketchbook with him apparently because he went through and showed like video of him going through roughly like the last 40 years with the sketchbooks and he had like like he said i think he said he pulled out 80 sketchbooks damn and they just started tearing pages out and stacking them up and they he took out all of what he thought was the best stuff and just you know whittled it down to like okay here's this giant stack you know here's what we're gonna put into the sketchbook and just he couldn't fit it all and so now he's doing volume two Wow, that's cool, man. That's super cool. Yeah, and that book, yeah. like uh, the regular sketchbook, unsigned, just the regular is thirty bucks. But the, I mean, the size of the first one, it's fucking ridiculous. It's two hundred pages. He does it like leather bound, with like the oh, yeah? spines and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like an encyclopedia. That's, that's what it beautiful. Looks like. That's it's got beautiful. The gold, like the gold press edges on the on the pages. It's got the ribbon on it. And so, yeah, book two is going to hopefully look just like book one. But, it I mean, opens it, all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> it comes flying out of the sky towards you. pages guys. magically turn when you're done reading them. <laughs> all the Kickstarters I've backed, like, in the, of the physical book, it's the one that looks the most like a book on, like, a bookcase. Nice. Like, it looks like an old like an old uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. And, like, this the looks good awesome. in your library. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and this one, the, the first one was leather. He, I think they're working on getting the second one up to leather if he gets enough backers, you know, to where the, one of the goals, one of the stretch goals is leather. Yeah. But, yeah, just, oh, so sweet. Oh. Such a great book. Yeah. yeah. If anybody doesn't hasn't seen this stuff, go check out the Kickstarter because the videos are hilarious. The guy himself is funny. And there's one of the first images is him laying, and he's laying on a like a floor that they completely covered with the commissions from volume one. And so it's like 200 images of earthworm Jim's head <laughs> and Doug to Naples just laying on this floor covered in all these commissions. It's so crazy. Cause it, yeah. I mean, it's, it looks like it's probably 10 foot by 10 foot of commissions. That's a cool idea, man. Yeah. The yeah. guy's awesome. But yeah, that's a great Kickstarter to check out. If anybody's looking for something fun to go back, check out all those fine things. People, we have one more announcement. Next month, on an elegant weapon. All month, on an elegant weapon. It's time to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. I'm being extremely clever up here, and there's no one to stand around looking impressed. What's the point in having you all? I thought you were just going to do a turkey celebration. No, we are going to be doing... Four episodes over four weeks that are going to span uh, a new fan to a moderate fan to a kind of into it fan to a fucking uber fan. And, and uh, all of time and space. And pretty much all of time and space in between. So we're going to be celebrating that, bringing you four episodes that are going to be absolutely fucking nothing but fucking Doctor Who. It's going to be awesome. Uh, the first episode we're going to bring you, which is probably the next episode after this, this will be the last one before Halloween. Uh, Mr. Adam Hawks. What? Huh? Everybody's... Is that the Josh's brother? That's Josh's brother. Does he get a different sound effect? Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, because <laughs> anytime you say Josh Hawks, 
You have to do the sound effect every time, right? But that's also in part because he's El Hawkes, right? Well, yeah. I'm going to have to so think up a sound Adam for brother own? of El Hawkes. Uh, <laughs> so if I just keep saying Josh Hawks. Josh Hawks. Josh Hawks. Do you have to keep doing the sound effect when you edit this? Well, I don't have to, but you know I will. So, yeah, we're going to be doing Doctor Who all month, and it's going to be a good time. So, please, all you Whovians out there, uh, come join us. It's going to be fun, people. Uh, we're going to be hooking up with the co-founder of the Doctor Who Society of Canada. we got some uh, Doctor Who bloggers who are uh, trying to get their asses on, so it's going to be good times. So, I'm overjoyedly excited about Doctor Who. Nice. Um, you going to check back in with the guy that made that uh, TARDIS? I could do that as well. Um you know that was Matt Hemming. That was uh, that was cool. That, that, uh, that was a good interview. That was fun, man. He was a super cool guy. I'd love to talk to him again. So we'll see what we can do there. But uh, I think that about wraps it up for an elegant weapon this week, kids. Anthony Bachman, tell them about all the wonderful places they can find you. I made it easy, people. At Anthony Bachman, at Next Element Pod on the Twitters, and AnthonyBachman.com, NextElementPod.com. Booyah. Oh, and I forgot. And I write for GunnaGeek.com. I keep forgetting to just mention that. I write an almost weekly column. It's basically weekly, <laughs> except I missed this week because I was busy writing Geek and forgot or working on Geek and forgot about it. But I do a column called Bachman's Best where I point you at something cool and fun, and it's never negative. So it's a great way to start your Monday morning with a good article about either a good book to read, a good podcast to listen to, a good movie to see, something like that. It's, it's the never negative column, so that's the only reason I wanted to write it. Because it was actually fun. That's awesome. Everybody check that out. Um, check that out on the Gunna Geek Network. You can also, of course, find The Next Element. You can find An Elegant Weapon and many, many other fine podcasts at Points of Interests. Oh, what is it? Sorry. Pointsofinterest.wordpress.com. You can also find them on the iTunes. Go to iTunes. Put in Next Element. Put in Points of Interest Network. Put in Elegant Weapon. Any of that shit. And you're going to find it. So... Have fun and lots with that. of other stuff to go with it. So happy Halloween, Anthony Bachman. Indeed, happy Halloween to you too, sir. That's it for this week on an elegant weapon, everybody. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>